How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Jump of the Bid. I'm Kyle Litters, of course, and you know what we do. You know, week three finished up Monday night. Uh, this is the first opportunity that I get to review my picks. And as you know, when I go through that, I give you a quick little info on the game, kind of what happened, and basically give you the biggest factor as to why my pick either was right or wrong um you all know i pick against the spread so coming into this past week i was 17 and 15 against the spread and i was seven and two when picking underdogs so then for those for those of you who are new may have forgot don't fully understand picking against the spread i'm not just picking the winner of the game I'm picking based off of the like sports line of the game where they assign a minus or a plus to the favorite and the underdog. So I'm picking that way. So if I pick an underdog, it's not necessarily to win, but to cover by a certain number, which means that they won't lose by more than that number that's assigned to them. And if I'm picking the favorite, then I'm picking them to win by at least the number that's assigned to them. And it's always the same number, just plus or minus. Plus for the underdog, minus for the favorite. So there you are. Um, yeah. And let me see what else. Oh, yeah. So the goal, which has been since last year when I started this, but I do want to go 60%. And that's still the goal. So that's where I'm at with all this. And, um,. Yeah, so we'll go ahead, get into that, and then the end of the episode, I will kick off week four with Thursday Night Football. I'll pick that game, that'll be the first pick of week four, and then the rest of the picks will wait until uh, later in the week, definitely before kickoff Sunday, so I'll probably record it either like Friday or Saturday, and you'll have it available to you either Saturday early or like late Saturday. So, yeah, same thing we do every week. So, you, you get the drill if you've listened to this before. But, um, so let's go ahead, get started with this all. Uh, so, started with the Panthers and Texans. I guess I should get the records from now on, but the Panthers. Who are 2-0 going to the game. Texans 1-1. And the line was 8. I took the Panthers minus 8. And they ended up pulling out the win 24-9. And oh, well, before I go any further, I got to play the sound. So this is the pick segment. And 
if it's a correct pick, you will hear this. And then if I get it wrong, you'll hear this. Should have said that before, but yeah. So I took the Panthers minus the eight. They won 24 to nine. So that's a win. 1-0, start the week. Uh, biggest thing was I thought if the Texans had a chance, they'd have to be able to run the ball, control the clock, limit Carolina's possessions because the Texans aren't a good team yet. So their chance to really upset anybody would be to limit their opportunities on offense. They couldn't do it on this one. And then for Carolina, another solid performance from uh, Sam Darnold. Big issue is Christian McCaffrey went out with an injury, but he has been injured. He was injured last year, so uh, it's up to was it Chuba Hubbard, who's the backup. He's going to fill in. So let's see what the offense looks like now with Hubbard being the number one guy. And can he take pressure off of Darnold? To help Darnold continue his good start to the season. Next game was the was one and one Washington football team going up against the one and one Buffalo Bills. The line on this was seven. I took the Bills minus seven points, and Buffalo ended up winning the game forty three to twenty one. So that's another win. Um biggest thing here was Washington's defense once again underperforming you know they came into this year with a lot of people thinking they're going to be a top flight defense hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't Um, I think what's going on is their front four is good but the back end isn't playing up to par and that's why you're seeing Early on in the season, these teams putting up big points on them. So I think it's something that they can fix as the year goes on, but they kind of want to get it going soon because, um, you know, with Dallas in that division, and we don't know, of course, Dallas is kind of unpredictable, but if it's a good year for Dallas, then maybe the division starts getting away from Washington here quickly. So they need to tighten up on defense. And then for Buffalo, second week in a row where the offense put up points and they're looking more like the team from last year that coming into this year, people were, you know, looking to crown as a possible uh, AFC title contender and possibly an AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, that's basically the name of that game let's go to the next game Bears and the Browns the line on this was seven and a half I took the Bears as the underdog plus seven and a half uh, Cleveland won the game 26 to six so that's a 20 point win for Cleveland which means Chicago did not cover uh, biggest thing in this one was Justin Fields got his first start and he Looked every bit as a rookie would, I guess, in his first start. Uh, Fields only went, what, 6 for 20, threw for like 80 yards. I mean, the NFL, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, 6 points kind of lets you know what Chicago's offense looked like all day. Uh, for Cleveland, biggest thing 
I'd say it's probably the defense because uh, Miles Garrett in this game was pretty much on Justin Fields a lot of the game. And we know what the offense is. And, I mean, Odell Beckham finally came back this week. So it's going to probably take him a couple weeks to really get going. Um, But it was encouraging to see this defense hold a quarterback like Justin Fields who – you know, can make plays with both his arm and his legs, but kept it all in check. That's going to be good going forward, especially in that division where you're dealing with a Lamar Jackson who likes to run and throw. And even with a guy like Joe Burrow, who isn't that big of a runner, but when stuff breaks down, he can, you know, scoot and get a first down here or there. But Burrow is a, uh, I guess more known arm talent than Lamar Jackson. So it's going to be key for Cleveland's defense to be able to put pressure on those quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, you have Big Ben in Pittsburgh, but I mean, I've said before about Big Ben, I think he's washed, so I'm not really too much focused on him. But, you know, he is there, and you do have to say something about that. Um, So with Big Ben, he's more of a, a statue in the backfield. So Cleveland being able to get pressure on Big Ben with just the front four or an occasional blitz and getting to Big Ben quickly can disrupt that team offensively. So encouraging signs for the Cleveland defense. And, you know, they're 2-1 now. Let's see if they can string together a couple more wins and maybe uh, – push themselves further to the top of not only the AFC North, but the AFC, um, just the conference standings. Uh, Next game we have Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions. The line in this one was also seven and a half. I went ahead and took Baltimore minus a seven and a half in this game. And Baltimore did win, but they won 19 to 17 which is only a two-point win, which means another loss. This game, this might have been the biggest shocker of the day. Uh, Like I said, I took the seven and a half points for Baltimore because I thought it was going to be... I thought it was going to be one of those games where Lamar Jackson could put up big numbers, the offense would put up big numbers, and, you know, Detroit, as bad as they are, you know, they, they don't really quit. So, I'm not really surprised they lost a close one like this. It's just that I thought Baltimore was going to use this game to really uh, try to show that they could get the offense flowing. But, um, I mean, ultimately it took a was a 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker to win this game. And on that play, I mean, the kick... Tucker put all he could into it, and it hit the crossbar, went up, and then threw to the back of the net, uh, hitting the net behind the goalpost for the win at the buzzer. And, I mean, it's the NFL, and getting a win, you know, definitely a big thing because winning in the NFL is tough. Uh, Just that I expected more out of Baltimore here. Like I said, you get out of there with a win. You may not have played your best, but you still escape with a win. I mean, it's a win for the day. 
And then for Detroit, they fall to 0-3. Um, I guess they could take from this that, you know, it took a 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker, who's the top kicker in the league, for a team that's seen as a top team in the AFC to beat them in Detroit. Maybe this is the kind of performance that leads to a first win on the year in the next coming weeks. But ultimately, you know, it's not a season with Detroit that we're expecting big things. So, I mean, 0-3 is not unexpected. But, I mean, I will say they did play well. It was the last Monday against Green Bay. And then they played well enough to win here against Baltimore. So, maybe they'll be able to upset a few teams along the year to get a couple of wins. Next game, we have the Colts, Titans. Uh, line on this one was five and a half. I went with the Titans minus five and a half. So I took the favorite in this matchup. The Titans ended up winning 25 to 16. It's a win. And let's see what was key here. So for the Colts, they dropped to 0-3, which, I mean, I know that division, you know, nobody's really running away with it. Titans are on top of the division at 2-1, but the Colts are a team that a lot of people were drinking the Kool-Aid on, thinking that they were going to be a playoff team that could make some noise. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. But starting off 0-3, I believe historically, I mean, falling to 0-2 makes your playoff uh, odds long enough. Falling to 0-3... I believe at this point it's almost almost like no chance of making the playoffs, which sounds crazy considering there's 17 games. But usually when you're in the 0-3 hole, there's something about your team that's just not working. And usually to try to fix that midstream could possibly take a few more weeks and then you're just falling further behind the eight ball. So... With the Colts, the issue is, like, his quarterback play. I mean, Wentz played this game, but he he's what, two bad ankles. So I'm sure it's probably affecting throwing motion, balancing his throws and all that. But he is really the best option they have for quarterbacks. So they're going to kind of have to live with it and hope that they can keep him upright while he continues to try to get healthy and then see where it goes from there. Tennessee, 
Um, Tannehill threw three touchdowns, so not like it was a game where Derrick Henry scored three touchdowns for them. Uh, Tannehill took more of the show, and I mean, he delivered. They got a good division win, moved to the top of the AFC South, and now with the Colts being what most people thought was going to be their stiffest competition that division to be two games ahead of them right now that's good and then getting the first win in the matchup will play into the second matchup where they could possibly sweep it then you have the tiebreakers and all that so good win for Tennessee next game we have the Chargers and the Chiefs line on this game was seven I took the Chiefs minus seven although I I was really hesitant in picking that one because I know that the Chargers are a team that can kind of hang with Kansas City offensively, but I ultimately went with Kansas City minus the seven. And the Chargers ended up winning this game 30 to 24. So that's a loss. Now, this matchup, interesting, interestingly enough, uh, the Chiefs have now are now one and two, which Maybe the biggest surprise of the football season. I mean, Indianapolis is 0-3, but Carson Wentz has had injury issues, so it's not too surprising there. But Chiefs starting off 1-2. and two, I mean, they're a team that's supposed to be contending to possibly get back to the Super Bowl this year. Something just seems a little off with the team. Um, offensively, they're, they're still pretty good offensively. I do think this year they've been a little more careless with the football in terms of turnovers. Um, Defensively, they're really struggling against competent quarterbacks and I guess multifaceted offenses. But uh, yeah, but but in this game, I mean, you give up 30 and... They were held scoreless in the first quarter, which I don't know how often that happens with Kansas City. So, a big win for the Chargers. They find themselves 2-1. Chiefs, like I said, are 1-2. And And I'm not going to write the Chiefs off in the division yet, only because we know what the Chiefs can be once they get clicking. And um. They're, they're just too good, I guess. They're too good offensively to not start pulling some of these games out, even when the defense isn't good. But I think with this team, the defense just has to be kind of middle-of-the-road average, and they should be fine. Uh, for the Chargers, great game by Herbert, who, I mean, I got to say, I really like the trajectory of Justin Herbert's career. He looks like a guy who... I mean, if the Chargers continue to develop the pieces around them, they are a team that could hang around here for a few years, really push Kansas City in this division, and who knows, maybe a couple of years from now, take a stranglehold on that division and become a perennial uh, AFC threat. I think Herbert is talented enough to possibly lead this team to a Super Bowl appearance. Maybe a couple of years down the line. Let's see. All right, next game. Saints, my Patriots. 
I took the Patriots minus the three here. And Saints ended up winning the game 28 to 13. So that's a loss. Key factors in this game. Patriots turnovers. They had some really unfortunate turnovers in this game. One led to a Malcolm Jenkins pick six. Um, then there was the play. It wasn't a turnover, but it was should have been a turnover. So could call it an error. Saints down in the red zone. I believe it was Kyle Duggar came in on a blitz hit. Seamus Winston. Winston kind of just floated a pass to the back of the end zone. The defender was there. Went up for the ball. Couldn't get it. Saints got a touchdown out of it. So that's two key plays right there. If you take those away, who knows where this game is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mac Jones looks the part. It's just that they, they're not collectively gelling. Talk about the Patriots here. So maybe we they can get it together and start rattling off some wins here. It's going to be tough this upcoming week. Uh, you don't want to fall to one and three, but I mean, we'll get to that when I do week four episode later in the week. Uh, but for the Saints, like I said, um, they put points up in each quarter. Winston was a little shaky at moments, but uh, the offense played well enough. And like I said, the Malcolm Jenkins pick six, big ga- big play in this game. Um, yeah, the Saints defense, I, I'll say, was probably the key for New Orleans. Uh, they did wreak havoc. Like I said, they got three interceptions on Mac Jones. A couple of them weren't, weren't his fault. So, yeah, Saints are now 2-1. And, one. and uh, yeah, good win for them. Next game, we've got Falcons-Giants. I took the Falcons here as the underdog, two and a half, so plus two and a half. They ended up pulling out the win. The Falcons did 17 to 14, so that's a win for me. Um, It was what Eli Manning jersey retirement day for the Giants, so a lot of emotions going on there. Um, I can talk about that on another podcast, the whole fascination with Eli Manning and all this stuff, but yeah. Um, game between two teams looking for their first one of the season. Wasn't the prettiest game. Wasn't the most, you know, technical game or anything like that, but somebody had to win. Which, I mean, if the game went to a tie, that would have been hilarious, but somebody had to win. And ultimately it ended with a a young way coup field goal uh, at the end of the, the end of the game to give the Falcons a three point win. So the Falcons get their first win at one and two. I'm going to look to, you know, go back to back, get a second win, even their record next week. Giants 0 three still searching for answers. I mean, they only got 14 points and they had only six points through the first three quarters. I mean, the Falcons only had seven through the first three, so 
I mean, that'll let you know what kind of game it was, but... I mean, there's... There's talent on the Giants team. I believe a couple of their wide receivers got banged up in this game, which probably played into the fact that they only got 14 points. But, um... Yeah, I think already you can kind of say it's going to be a long year for the Giants. And the Giants are one of those teams, I think, when I did the season preview that I was keeping an eye on because I just didn't know where they fit in the NFC East. Because I thought they had talent enough to probably contend for the division title. But something about this group or the coaching staff, something, I feel like they're losing too many games that they should be winning and ultimately this may be a year where there's some changes in New York but um but yeah 0-3 that's just not gonna cut it so but hey they get another shot next week to try to get their first win on the year next game we have Bengals Steelers I took the Steelers minus a three once again, not really sure why. Because um, I keep saying, like, I'm not in on the whole Big Ben thing. But for some reason, I took them in this game. So, hey, is what it is. Uh, Bengals ended up winning this game 24-10. to So, that's a loss. Key here. Start with the Steelers. Uh, we heard about Big Ben having a pectoral injury coming into this game. But even without that, this offense, well, it's clearly the worst offense in that division. That's a given. It's one of the worst in the AFC for sure. Maybe even the league. Um, I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying it. Big Ben is washed. For some reason, Pittsburgh fails to realize that and acts like they're afraid to get some competition in there. Or to kind of move on from him. Best case scenario for Pittsburgh is this is Big Ben's last year and the decision's taken out of their hands. He just walks away. But I don't know how much more of this Steelers fans can take. I mean, I'm not a Steelers fan, but when I watch them, I'm just looking at Big Ben like, I think Pittsburgh sees the same guy who won that Super Bowl like 10 years ago. But... He's far from that. Early in his career, he can make plays with his legs. He's slow as ever now. He had a big arm and all this kind of stuff, and it's just not there. It is rough watching him play. Uh, but for the Bengals, why I, yeah, why should have went with them? I've said it for like the past couple of weeks. I like watching this Bengals team on offense. Because I like the whole Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase connection from their LSU days. But then you throw in T. Higgins, although Higgins got hurt. And then Tyler Boyd. They have Joe Mixon in the backfield. So they can beat you ground and in the air. But for some reason, I thought maybe Pittsburgh gets this one. But, you know, maybe the second matchup. Cincinnati wins that one but um, 
Yeah, Bengals are a team I'm keeping my... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet uses during times of congestion how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Eye on they're two and one, so they're above the Steelers. And uh, we'll we'll set to see where the rest of their season goes. They are a fun team to watch, and that's saying a lot because it's been kind of rough in Cincinnati for a while. Next game. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's see, the line was seven and a half. I took the Cardinals as a seven and a half point favorite. Cardinals won 31 to 19. That's a win. Let's see, what can I say about this matchup? Jaguars are struggling, been struggling, but they're a young team. Not a lot of expectations, and they're living up to living it up to it. They're 0 3. Uh, they're expected to have a high draft pick next year. They're headed down that road. The key for this year is getting Trevor Lawrence experience, helping him to gain, uh, I guess, to build bonds with his offensive weapons. You know, they're missing Travis at Etienne, the young running back they drafted out of Clemson, who was Trevor Lawrence's teammate. Would have been good to see the two of them play a year together. But they'll have to wait till next year. So yeah, get Trevor Lawrence to get all the mistakes out of his system. Get all of the uh, well, basically get more accustomed to the game speed, all the kind of stuff what the defenses are doing to him, and getting him more comfortable reading what he sees and changing plays, all that kind of stuff. So it's all about experience and growth for Trevor Lawrence this year. So record doesn't matter Arizona little different they're a team that's uh, based off of last year you know people are looking to them to make that next step to the playoffs they're 3-0 Kyler Murray looks good Uh, the offense is putting up points the defense with J.J. Watt Chandler Jones up front you know, putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, the Cardinals are a team I think will be there all year. And for a team like that, games like this, you're supposed to win. They got the win. So uh, mission accomplished there. Next game, Jets, Broncos. I mean, this one. I took the Jets plus 10 and a half. I know what you're thinking. The Jets look terrible. Why would I have picked them to cover that? My thought was, 
you know, Denver's now like an explosive offense, so I thought it'd be lower scoring. And then I thought it would be something where, you know, they have like a 16, 17-point lead late. Jets get like a garbage touchdown. They get a backdoor cover. That was my thinking because I I was thinking like this is one of those matchups where the Jets would do that. So I tried to guess, and I guessed wrong. But key here, Jets still stink. Uh, Zach Wilson... It's going to be a struggle. I mean, I think people were kind of jumping on Zach Wilson bandwagon a little too soon because they saw the arm talent, the ability to improvise at BYU, thought he'd be able to bring some of those elements into the NFL. Just hasn't worked yet. So, but once again, same thing with Trevor Lawrence. For Zach Wilson, it's all about gaining experience and hopefully not making the same mistakes twice throughout the year and being more careful with the ball. That, that, that's the key for Zach, Smith, I mean, not Zach, Smith, Zach Wilson for this season. For Denver, they moved to 3-0. They are the division leaders at this point. or They're, t- they're tied with the Raiders, I think, at this point. But um, Teddy Bridgewater... And that kind of ball controlled style offense. And then a defense that may be missing some pieces, but has talent enough to keep the offense in games and give them a chance to win. So as long as they keep Teddy Bridgewater upright and um, you know, keep the receivers and backs healthy, I think Denver's a team that's going to you know, make it tough on some teams. They're going to play tough. They're going to stick and linger to linger in games that maybe they shouldn't. And as we've seen through the first three weeks, they are talented enough and veteran enough at key positions to play well enough to beat bad teams. And that's what they did with the jets. So three and O Broncos. Let's see if they can continue this run. Uh, throughout the year and we'll see where that takes them right now they're looking like a team that should be a playoff team but it's still early so we'll we'll see we'll, we'll reevaluate them a couple of weeks down the line uh, next game Dolphins Raiders let's see took the Raiders on this one minus the three and a half as the favorite they won 31 to 28 but it's only a three-point win, so that's a loss. It's one of those games where the, the the half, with it being three and a half, came back to bite me in the end. Um, I mean, it was looking like they were going to cover late in the fourth, but it was on a fourth down play, I believe, where uh, Brissett dropped back to pass. Nobody got open, scrambled around a little bit, and then made a run for the end zone, dove in to tie it and I knew at that point once I went into overtime well I mean unless uh, Raiders get the ball going and score a touchdown pretty bleak I was going to end up covering so uh, both teams got field goals on their possession in overtime Raiders got a second field goal to win it I think after the defense 
Did they pick off Brissett? Well, the defense stopped them, then the offense went down to a uh, field goal. Three-point win. Key here. Uh, Dolphins played well enough to win. Um, they're one and two. So, you know, their season's not completely lost. Interesting to see when Tua comes back whenever that is. I'm assuming they're going to go straight back to to him, but is it something where Brissett can lead this team to a couple of wins? Is that a conversation we can have, whether they should just automatically go back to Tua when he's healthy, or should they ride it out with Brissett for a little bit? See how many games they could steal with him before maybe he falls off a little bit and you have to go back to Tua. I don't know. That's something to watch with Coach Flores down there, what, what his decision will be. Uh, for the Raiders, they go to 3-0, and continue their hot start. Uh, starting to hear some talk about uh, David, not David, Derek Carr. David Carr's his brother, but Derek Carr being a possible MVP candidate. After the quick start they've had. Um, offensively, we saw we saw the potential of this offense with Carr being able to hit, you know, Darren Waller over the middle or to the sideline, kind of the intermediate range. We saw a big play with Henry Ruggs taking the top off the defense. Getting behind the last line of defense, Carr being able to put it up there, and you know let Rugs run it underneath it, make a play. So they got that dynamic, and then you have Kenyon Drake in the backfield for this one. But when Josh Jacobs is healthy, it's a pretty good two-headed monster in the backfield. So we'll have to see. Is this a team that maybe for John Gruden's you know second time back with the Raiders? Maybe this is the one that gets him a playoff shot and maybe a win in a postseason with this team. At least offensively, I think they can make it happen. Then defensively, you don't need them to be great. You just need them to be probably league average, and they'll be fine. Next game we have the Bucks rams I took the Rams plus one and a half, so another underdog there. And Rams ended up winning 34 to 24, so that's a win. Uh, this matchup, this was the matchup of the week Stafford versus Brady, McVay versus Arians. Um, I guess top team AFC South versus, I guess, early on. Probably the top team in the in, not AFC, the NFC West. So a lot of hype coming into this game. Both teams were two and zero, and ultimately the Rams made more plays to get the win. Brady was a little was a little off at times on a couple on a few throws in this game. Um. But yeah, they just didn't have enough on this Sunday to keep up with the Rams. But I mean, I think I think you can agree with me that 
This this is the matchup. Would not be surprised to see in the playoffs. Wouldn't be surprised to see it as an NFC title game. But you know, it's getting too far ahead of of everything. We'll see if both teams can keep this up. You know, win their division, and then possibly make it uh, NFC title game rematch, which I'd be all for. Um. Yeah, we'll say Stafford threw four touchdowns. Cooper Cup had a good game. Uh, for all of you fantasy owners out there, Cooper Cup, I'm sure, got you a lot of points. Uh, I had him on a team of mine. And he clearly has become Stafford's go-to receiver. Uh, Bucks, we know. We know coming this week. Brady returns to Foxborough. Play the Patriots. Or I mean, Gillette. Sorry. To uh, play the Patriots. Won't get into that now. We'll save that for later in the week. But, but yeah, two teams that you know somebody was going to lose this game, but ultimately doesn't really change how I view them. They should both be there. Come NFC title. Next game, Seahawks and the Vikings. I took the Seahawks minus two on this one. Vikings ended up winning 30-17, to so it's a loss. What was the key in this one? I think what it was, maybe... Was, the second, was this the second straight road game for Seattle? Where they had to come a little east? Um, well, no, no, because last week they played the Titans. That was in Seattle, so... Scrap what I just said. But, um, yeah, so for Seattle, missed opportunities. Did not look as sharp as they had the first two games of the year. Um, a game they should have won because Minnesota is was winless coming into this matchup. And Minnesota... It's just kind of a meh team at this point. But definitely a big win for them. Not going to take that away from them. Getting the first win of the year. It's always big. Um, Maybe they... I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. They have Dalvin Cook. Good player. Kirk Cousins. Steady. Uh, Adam Thielen. Top tier wide receiver. So, we'll see. Can can they stick in the NFC North race all year? I don't know. I mean, behind Green Bay, there is some debate who the second best team is in that division. Only because Lions aren't good. The Vikings are probably average. And, what am I saying? Green Bay, Detroit. Oh, Chicago. Chicago's probably middle of the road. So one of those three teams have to step up to challenge Green Bay or at least keep them honest all year. Maybe it's the Vikings. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been a terrible start for Minnesota. They have two losses, yeah, but they didn't get, like, blown out or anything. They were they were close. So, um Maybe just getting that first win. You know, they can uh, build on this momentum. 
get a couple more wins. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. Next game was a Sunday night game. Packers 49ers. I took the Packers plus three. They ended up winning 30-28. to 28. So that's a win. Uh, another great matchup, I will say. This week had some good ones. Uh, this game came down to the very end. Uh, we saw uh, Jimmy Garoppolo drive the 49ers down the field, get a late touchdown, throwing like 35 seconds left. So San Francisco celebrating because they thought they'd got it won. And what happened was, you know, kickoff, Green Bay takes it. Then a couple of plays downfield, the uh, Packers were in field goal range. You know, Aaron Rodgers had a couple of good throws on that drive. And, I mean, we already heard it from the announcers and all that. Saw it all over Twitter when when San Francisco scored. Questions were already being asked. Did they leave enough? Did they leave too much time on the clock for a guy like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who had a great game? You know, was it too much time for them? Because with Devontae Adams, all it takes is one, one pass play, and you're right on the edge of field goal range. And that happened here. And Mason Crosby, top tier kicker in the league, came on, kicked the game winner. Uh, as the um, clock ticked to zero, so definitely a good win for them. Packers go to two and one. Would have been, I mean, the we've already heard last week Aaron Rodgers telling people to relax. I mean, if they went to one and two, we'd have to see what would have gone on. Probably a few more questions going his way about what's going on. Uh, San Francisco falls to two and one. So first loss of the year, not going to sweat it too much, but, um, yeah, two teams, two and one, they're probably not top tier in the NFC, but they could be slotted into that second group. And I'm talking top tier. I'm talking about Rams, Bucks, just maybe put Cardinals in there. And then second tier, you're looking at these two teams, Niners, Packers, Cowboys, you know, maybe the Panthers, teams like that. So, um, like I said, not going to sweat it. First loss for the Niners. Uh, Packers still only have one loss. Interesting to see with Garoppolo how much of a leash he gets in some of these games. Will we continue to see some games? Train Lance plays a little bit. Other games he hasn't played at all. Will there come a time where Train Lance gets maybe a bigger role in the offense? Or do they just stick with Garoppolo most of the year? Sprinkle in um, Lance here and there, depending on the situation, game, all that kind of stuff. And like I said, Green Bay... It was a great finish for them. I mean, 35 seconds, Aaron Rodgers got in the field goal range. Definitely greatness there. Um, sure, because of this win, you know, a lot of the, I believe I heard his name as well, MVP talk. I mean, I don't really like talking about that after three weeks. Very long season. So we'll have to see 
how that goes later on in the year. Then final games, the Monday night game. Cowboys Eagles. I took the Cowboys three and a half point favorite. Cowboys won forty one to twenty one. Win. Key here. Jalen Hurts struggled uh, offensively for Philly. Had some bad throws. Had I believe he threw a pick six as well. Um, offense was definitely out of sync this week. He made some plays with his legs, but I guess being down Jerry World in uh, Dallas, the atmosphere there might have been a little too much for this young Eagles team. We'll have to see maybe the second matchup, how it goes when they're in Philly and Dallas goes up there. But um, once again, another young quarterback. They have new uh, pieces there with uh, Devontae Smith and all that. So early on, they can get a couple of wins here. Maybe this is a team that looks better more around like week eight going forward than they do right now. And then for the Cowboys, another good game from Prescott. Um, I believe it was what his first game back in Dallas since the injury last year, which he, which happened to him in Dallas. Um, offense shows that some games this year they may be able to put up forty points here or there. Uh, key for them will be defensively. What kind of effort do they give and? When they go up against teams with more weapons offensively than like the Eagles, how will they hold up and play that? So, but yeah, Cowboys are now two and one. Eagles are one and two. Cowboys are on top of that division. So, for the Cowboy fans and analysts out there, can you know, build up a little hype right now for the Cowboys because the rest of the division looks like it's. Ugh. Middle of the road at best, and possibly for a team, maybe one of the worst in that division there. So maybe it's one that the Cowboys run away with. We'll have to see what it looks like in the next coming week. Cup next coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, that's the last game of the week there. So now looking back, I went to eight and eight again. I went eight and eight week one. What I go. Nine and seven week two. So now eight and eight week three, which means on the year I am 25 and 23. And then this week, picking underdogs, I went one, two. I went three and two picking underdogs. So I'm actually 10 and four picking underdogs so far throughout the year. So not bad. Not bad at all. Um, Oh, yeah, so, last pick, of course. Start week four. Have the Jaguars and the Bengals. Looks like the line right now is Cincinnati minus 7.5. I'm going to go Cincinnati in this matchup. As I just said, love Cincinnati's offense. So, I expect Burrow and Chase to find that connection again. Possibly get a touchdown out of it. Both Chase and then short week, Jacksonville still 0-3 looking for answers. I don't like them in this matchup, so 
I'll take the Bengals minus a seven and a half. And there you are. That's the first pick for week four. The rest of the games I will do, like I said, probably like Friday, Saturday episode. But um, but yeah, uh, that was the NFL pick segment. So um, yeah. So then, looking forward to the rest of the week. Uh, believe the next episode will be on the MLB playoff push. Look at the wild card races or any division races that are still. In question here is they're down to like the last four or five games in the season. So I think it's a perfect time to look at that and then maybe look forward to the uh, set you up for what the playoffs may look like. Also want to talk. Like I said, the rest of the week four picks that's coming this week. Definitely talk a little bit about Brady's returning to England, the whole Brady Belichick and that story. Talk about that. Oh, what else? Uh, probably next week. Of course, between the NFL stuff, we'll talk NBA with the whole Ben Simmons with NBA training camps opening up. And some other NBA stuff we'll talk about. Uh, make some college football. What else? NHL because their season gets underway mid-October. Talk about some changes to their broadcast this year, which I think is going to be a good thing for them, so we'll talk about that. But um, but yeah, definitely a lot coming the end of this week into next week. So definitely stay tuned for all of that. But if you like this episode, of course, uh, go ahead and hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to the show or follow and you can also follow me on twitter at chomping podcast you can go there interact with me let me know topics you want to talk about or anything that i talk about you can give me your opinion there definitely do that over there um have a youtube channel if you want to listen to these there as well you can subscribe to the channel over there it's a my channel so just search Kyle Edwards you'll see all the episodes there um, but yeah so thanks for tuning in uh, if you're new hopefully you liked it stick around for some more episodes coming uh, down the line as well as you can go check out some of the past episodes uh, for those of you returning appreciate you as well I mean you know what to do so uh, but yeah so uh, be safe out there. God bless. And catch you the next episode. Like I said, talk MLB playoffs. So I'm out. Have a good one. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today.